Bibles tonight to Matthew chapter 5. We are currently at verse 13. We're only going to do verse 13. Verse 13, uh, 14, 15, 16, of course, there's a lot uh, that are the same. Uh, I'm really trying to focus just on the aspect here of, of where Christ um, calls his disciples uh, the salt of the earth. And so that's what we're going to uh, talk about uh, tonight. Uh, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot uh, by men. Let's pray again. Father in heaven, we ask for your help now as we come to this portion of worship, as we come to your word. I thank you for this respite in the middle of the week that we have to come. And Lord, just to enjoy, Lord, being with your people for a little while this evening to sing, uh, to sit at your feet and your word, uh, to have our hearts, Lord, strengthened, uh, to get our spiritual fuel, uh, Lord, that we need for the rest of the week to be strengthened in the faith, to be encouraged and challenged. And I just pray, Lord, to be a blessing to be here tonight, as it always is. And uh, we just pray again for the accident down the street. We pray for all involved and the rescuers and all of that. Uh, we pray for your mercy, Lord, please, in Jesus' name, and amen. All right, uh, Jesus, of course, has given his disciples the, what we call the Beatitudes, uh, which we looked at for several lessons. Um, those are traits of godliness. Those are traits that uh, Jesus taught them that they would be blessed uh, of God. Uh, if, if they walked in those things, and they would be joyful, of course, more so if they walked in those things. Uh, but Jesus also, as we looked at last time, Jesus also let them know that even though you are trying to be like me, you're trying to be like me, you're being uh, exercising these beatitudes that, that are there, uh, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be peachy and rosy because... He talks there in verse 10 through 13, he talks about, or 10 through 12, about the persecution from the world. And so, um, so even though you're trying to live for Jesus and be like Jesus as much as you can, there's, there's no guarantee at all there that you're not going to receive persecution. Matter of fact, Jesus actually tells us it's going to be the opposite. That I think the more we're like Jesus, the, the more we actually, the world will be against us. It's when we're more like the world that the world doesn't persecute you. Um, and so Jesus is letting us know, listen, you can be as godly as you should be, but you will experience persecution. We're told, right, all that live godly in Christ, they shall suffer persecution. Um, and, so, and so we looked at that last time. But here, after saying that to them, uh, you're going to be persecuted. The world isn't going to like you. It's going to, matter of fact, hate you. It's going to say evil things about you. It's going to lie about you. But then he lets them know that even though the world is treating you this way, and then he says, you are the salt of the earth. So the, the, the world culture is going to hate you, be against you, but you need to know this, you are the salt of the earth. And, and so he, he's telling them, yeah, the world doesn't want you here, but you need to be here because you are the salt of the earth. No matter what the world may think of God's people, 
who, who are seeking to be like Jesus, and as much as they might reject us, Jesus lets us know as we seek to be like Him that we are that salt. And the people of the world may not know that, but it desperately needs Christians, this world does. Now there, there's a few purposes of salt, and we'll mention them at the end, a, a couple more purposes of salt at the end uh, that we'll mention uh, but mainly, we'll just mention the one that most likely Jesus is wanting them to think of as He calls them the salt of the earth. But the main purpose of salt at this time was that it was a preservative to meat. I mean, it was very important and vital uh, to everyday living. It was rubbed on meat to preserve it, and some people still uh, do this. Um, I've never done it personally, but, but I know uh, people that do that. Uh, so it, but the purpose of that salt upon the meat is to, is to uh, do one thing. It's to preserve it. It is to keep the meat from decay. To keep the meat from decay. When, when properly applied to meat, salt will keep the meat from putrefying, from stinking, from becoming corrupt. They didn't have deep freezers back then, you know, like we do today. Uh, so you can imagine how profitable salt would be imagine if you have a deep freezer at home you have meat in there and you didn't have that you know we would we would use salt that's what we would do we'd have to try a way to preserve meat um, now as Jesus is saying this uh, his disciples would immediately understand what Jesus was saying about their purpose on this earth they would immediately know when he said you are the salt of the earth they, that would register in their minds because salt was something very vital and important and so, hey, disciples, the world will persecute you, revile you, mock you, lie against you, but know this, the world needs you. So, that, so this lets us know what type of influence Christians are having and should have upon this world. If Christians are to be salt and to preserve, then this lets us know as well that Jesus is saying this about the world. The world is decaying. Just by the fact he calls them the salt of the earth, he's telling us also not only who they are, but he's telling us what the world is. It is a decaying mess. And the, the Christians need to be that salt. And without his people being here and acting as salt, the world would quickly be totally putrid. Now we know the world is bad now. But know this, it would be far worse if it were not for the influence of God's people that we have upon the earth now. And were it not for the influence of God's people, then the Lord would no doubt have already destroyed the earth. I, I am most certain that the reason that, that America is not destroyed already is really for the, the influence of the gospel that's in the country now and the presence of God's people. Now, we know that God will spare a people he will spare a country at times, a city, when his people are just present, when they're just there. Uh, we see that principle, of course, with Lot in Sodom. Um, had there not been a little more salt in Sodom, or had there been a little bit more salt in Sodom, guess what? Sodom would not have been destroyed. I mean, the Lord tells us that. If there's ten righteous people in the city, he says, I won't destroy it. So there have been just a little bit more salt, God says, I would not have destroyed Sodom. And think about that, really. Think about the mercy of God even in that. Just ten people. Just ten people. 
So how many people would have received mercy and not went through the fiery judgment of God coming down from hell or from heaven had there been ten Christians there? Ten. When the angel of the Lord, you remember this, when the angel of the Lord was pulling Lot out and was about ready to destroy Sodom, he, he told Lot, he said, I cannot destroy it. He told Lot he could not destroy it until Lot was out of it. So when you look at Lot, well, we'll mention him in just a moment, but, but Sodom literally could not be set on fire until Lot was out of it. Now, the Bible says in the end times, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Lot, I, I like to think about this, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, of Jesus Christ. Not only, we read that, not only will I believe the sins of Sodom be prevalent and prevailing, but Jesus will take His salt out of the earth before He brings His judgment. We must need to make sure, though, that for now we are acting as better salt than that of which Lot did. Just Lot's presence, even though you read about Lot, he was a terrible influence. He, he couldn't even influence his own family. When he tried to talk to him, they, it was, he was like as one that mocked when he told him about the judgment of God. They couldn't take him serious. But just Lot's presence, being a child of God, kept God from bringing that judgment down. And so even though he wasn't even good salt, but God still wouldn't bring the judgment down. But, um, but we want to be better than that. We want to be better salt than that of which Lot was. There's a warning in Matthew 5, 13 when Jesus says, if the salt loses its flavor or its savor, how shall it be seasoned? So it's a warning here that the type of salt he's talking about that they had back then can lose its functions. We put salt in something that seems like it lasts forever, you know, but the salt they had, I did some, I did some background research, kind of salt they used, where it came from, I'm not going to bore you with all that, but just trust me if you would that the salt that they gathered, some from the Dead Sea, it could lose its purpose. And sometimes they would use it and then disuse it and throw it into the streets. Um, but Jesus says if it's lost its flavor or its purpose, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled on the foot of men. And so from what I understand, that salt, when it had lost its function, when it was not good salt anymore, they just threw it out on the road. And that's why he says be trampled on the foot of men. And so they had the idea, hey, the salt of the earth, you're the salt of the earth, but if you don't be the salt, if you're not the salt, then you're not serving your purpose. You're, you're trodden under the foot of men. Christians, we are to be salt, meaning we are to be influencing our world around us in the ways of Christ, in the ways of the gospel, of righteousness and holiness. And we are to be used to preserve the world from decay by influencing it in a way so as to prevent evil from spreading as fast as it would. The world will not only bless us when we walk in a way that echoes the Beatitudes, but the world around us is blessed. The world around you is blessed, Christian. I really believe that. I believe your work is blessed because you're there. Was not Egypt blessed for having Joseph? Was not Laban blessed for having Jacob? Is that just something, is that just Old Testament stuff? I don't believe it is. I believe that as a child of God, you're walking with Jesus. Everywhere you go, the places you visit, 
your family, your job. I think there's a blessing only you get from walking with Christ, but I think there's a blessing other people get just by you being present. We need to ask ourselves the question, though, who is the one doing the changing in our world around us? Are we becoming you know, more like the world? Or is the world, uh, is the world influenced by us? Is it restrained from being worse than it is? There's really no way of knowing sometimes just how much of an influence you have on people. The, the sins that aren't committed because you're just there. The dirty jokes that aren't told because they know you're not going to laugh and you're in the group. I mean, the, the foul language, the blasphemy that, that people hold back in their, in their mind or, or in their lips. They don't, they don't say it out there for other people to hear because you're there. You have no idea how much restraint you put on the people around you that aren't Christians and how they would talk, what they would do, what they would say if you weren't there. And see, we don't see those things. We don't know those things. And sometimes we wonder, am I having any influence? Am I having any effect on people's minds, upon their hearts? We just don't see all that. But I assure you that if you're a child of God, people know you're a Christian, they know where you stand, there's restraint happening. We just don't always know about it. I've said this before, but I remember one time, I hadn't been saved real, real long, uh, but you know, I used to have a, a foul mouth on me, I used to cuss a lot. But the Lord saved me. I mean, I just cold turkey that. I mean, I hated using foul language. And um, a friend of mine at that time, he, uh, his name was Tony, and um, we would unload these trucks all the time. And these guys, they just come in, they would use foul language. And once Tony respected me, he seen me at my worst, what I was like without Christ, and he seen me change. He's one of the few people that knew me well at that time that seen me go from dark to light, that knew me really well in the darkness. And I was around him every day after I became a Christian. I, I just thought it was so funny because uh, he was kind of the restraint, <laughs> you know, on people. Uh, truckers would come in, and, and he was a great big old guy. He worked out all the time, and those truckers would cuss. He'd say, don't you say that. He don't like it. <laughs> Boy, they, would, they wouldn't say it at all. I didn't have to say anything. You know, but that was a restraint. <laughs> uh, because my influence on him, his respect for me, we just don't know about all that. Now, I've seen that, and I've seen other things happen, and I've seen people hold back. They say, oh, preacher's present or whatever. Don't say that, you know. People laugh about those things, but I assure you it happens to more than me. It happens to you as a child of God so much more than you realize. Listen, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed to speak up for Christ and who you are and what's right. You, you have no idea how much that will affect your world around you. But one thing about being salt is this. It had to be applied to the meat. I mean, you could have the salt right here and the meat right here, but that salt is not going to preserve that meat if it's not literally touching the meat. And that brings us to something in regards to Christians. We, we, cannot, we cannot be so separate from the world to where we cannot have any influence upon it. If we're going to be salt, we have to be applied to the meat. We have to be applied to the earth. Jesus teaches us that we must be in the world, but not of it. We can't lose our distinctiveness. We can't lose who we are. We must go to the world, but also not love the world at the same time. This means we cannot be silent in our world regarding issues of godliness and, and morality. 
We need to speak up if we are to act as salt. We need to walk in the light if we are to, if we are to share the darkness. We cannot keep our salt in the shakers, if you would. We must be poured out upon the world, but not be a part of it at the same time. We must preserve the world, but not become the world. Preserve the world, but not become the world. Our influence in our community, in our culture, in politics, regarding voting and things like that, having an influence on political leaders, sharing the gospel, all of that goes a long ways in preserving righteousness. We must maintain our distinction as the people of God. At the same time, whom Jesus, whom love Jesus and follow His Word. If, if we have to change who we are so that the world will let us be close to it, then that's not what the Lord wants. We must get closer to people of the world, but yet not lose our saltiness. Or we'll, we will not be able to influence them as much as we should. If you do not apply enough salt, if you, just apply, if you just apply a little bit of salt, what happens is the meat will still putrefy. It will still go bad. Folks, we can't let down the standards of righteousness and holiness and think that we're going to be the effect we should be upon the world around us. We do not win others to the Lord by being less like salt and more acceptable to the world. We have to remain to be the salt. So are we influencing our world in the way of righteousness? Or is the world influencing us to become unrighteous? So just as, as we are to act as salt and we preserve and we hinder and we restrain unrighteousness, we promote morality and righteousness and goodness, or we're being influenced by the world and we're going that direction and they're influencing us in unrighteousness and unholiness. I fear that the reason that things are becoming worse and worse in our culture is because the influence of Christianity is, is being lost as a whole. What happens? Why is the world getting worse and worse and worse in America? Christians aren't the salt. I'm not saying that you're a bad Christian. That's not what I'm saying. But, but, but the influence of Christianity as a whole is not what it once was. It's not restraining as it once did. So are we being the salt when others tell dirty jokes or do we laugh? Are we the salt when others speak of many genders or do we, are we silent? We must be the opposite of this decaying world. We must promote life and righteousness. And then just a couple other things uh, regarding salt quickly. Because uh, I don't know that Jesus was, was talking directly about these things, but salt is good for other things too. It, makes, it just simply makes food tasty. <laughs> just, I think we should make the world a, a more pleasant place because we're here. Christians who abide in the Word of God will be better able to speak the words of Jesus in a manner that teaches truth gently and yet firmly. Uh, Paul says in Colossians 4, 6, he says, Let your speech be always with grace. Then he says, seasoned with salt. And so speak with grace, season it with salt. What, what, why do you season something? that you're eating, to make it taste better so you'll eat it. <laughs> and, and you know, we don't change the truth, but our speech should be with salt, seasoned well. In other words, we don't change what we're saying, but we need to maybe change how we say it. Make your language palatable. Uh, they were amazed at Jesus, and, 
And it says the gracious words which he spoke. We know he spoke the truth, but he spoke in a gracious way. Our mannerism complements the words we bring and, and help make them palatable to the taste. We need to be full of truth, not adopt the world's lies, but we also need to be full of grace. I found it interesting as you look up salt, and actually salt was applied to all of the offerings in Leviticus 2. All of them. If we, if we want our service to our Lord to be acceptable, we need not lose our salt. That salt's important. Don't lose your saltiness. <laughs> the world around us should be a more pleasant place to live in because of us. Secondly, in regards to another aspect of salt, is salt not only makes food more tasty, but salt makes you thirsty. <laughs> you eat something salty, what do you want? You want something to drink. And, um, and I think that if, if we are truly being the salt, not only are we preserving the world from being ungodly, ungodly than what it is, I think that there's always going to be some of God's sheep out there, as long as we're here, that they're going to see that our thirst for righteousness and our saltiness, and it's going to cause them to want what we want. Salt makes you thirsty. And I think that if we're the salt of the earth, one of the positive impacts on those around us is that God might use us to make them want Jesus, to be thirsty for Him who is the living water. There will be some that will persecute, but there will be some that become thirsty. And I think that maybe that is part of what Jesus is saying too. Or at least there's nothing wrong with thinking of that. Yes, some will persecute you, but some will be thirsty. Some will want what you've got. In conclusion, Jesus says, it's, it's salt. Says, if salt has lost its effect, its, its flavor or saltiness, He says, how shall it be seasoned? Or, 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 or how can it accomplish its purpose? How's it going to be seasoned? How's what going to be seasoned? The earth. You are the salt of the earth. How is the earth going to be seasoned if you lose your saltiness? Who's going to do what you do as a Christian? Who's going to preserve? Who's going to be that salt in your workplace? Who's going to be that salt? Who's going to be that season if you're not? If you as a Christian are not the salt in your world at home, at work, and community, who, who will be? Jesus says His people are the only salt. He says you are the salt. Nobody else. You are the salt. Are we living out our purpose? Are we being the salt of the earth? Are we seeking to be more like Jesus as He is reflected in the Beatitudes? There was a salt, as we said in Jesus' day, that would lose its saltiness. How terrible for Christians to lose their influence because they're becoming more like the world by letting the world influence them. So, in closing, ask ourselves this question. Is the world making sin more acceptable and palatable to our taste? That's a good question. Is the world making sin more acceptable and palatable to our taste? Who is influencing who? Who's being the salt? Are we being the salt? Or is the world affecting us more? Are we changing with it? If we are, we're not being the salt. And we're losing our purpose, distinctiveness for which God has left us here on this earth. Because we are to be the salt of the earth. God help us to be that. Father, help us to be that salty influence in which you have designed us to be. Help us to preserve this world. And help us, Lord, I pray, 
to be faithfully serving you and to be the salt you've called us to be, to restrain evil, to hinder evil, to rebuke evil, but in such a way to where we do it with grace, but yet in truth, but yet we do it. Father, help us, I pray, to be right with you. And we pray, I pray, Lord, for the influence of each one here tonight that they have in their world around them, that they would truly walk with Jesus and be like him and be salt. Maybe open their eyes this week to something special to see somehow where they have influenced somebody in a way that's encouraging to them to know that, that they've helped them in some way. And we pray in Jesus' name, and amen.